The Dr. Lodi Podcast empowers people to think for themselves and teaches people how to achieve optimal health, free from cancer and all other chronic conditions. As a medical doctor, clinical psychologist, nutritionist, historian, philosopher, and the pioneer of what has now become the definitive route for those unsatisfied with the modern cancer treatment system, Dr. Lodi will deliver information that you've never heard before. Tune in and discover what a true second opinion really means, how to stop making cancer, why there is no such thing as diseases, and what you are truly capable of achieving in your life. So anyway, by the way, on parasites, let me let me uh, hope a lot of you are listening right now, because uh, I'm going to do a. Uh, there, there's so many people with parasite uh, with, with parasite questions, and uh, there are so many people that are sending me emails and other kinds of uh, communications about parasites, uh, about their parasite experience, and it's uh, it's a horror show. It's a horror show. These got parasites are are you know. Parasites. I mean, they're parasites. I mean, it's one thing to have a to be in a relationship where you have a parasitic relationship, but this is, uh, and that's usually emotional. And those can be, as we all know, can be uh, completely debilitating in every possible way. However, these physical parasites are a total bummer. So I'm going to do a whole show on that. And I told you last week. So actually, the, we're going to post this week. Um, the team is going to post this week um, when it should be. And I, I have a question for everybody. So if you can, if you can send me in, send in the answers on this, these chats. Um, I, we were thinking, well, we should do it after the holidays because people are busy with their holidays. Uh, that was one thought. And my thought was, um, screw the holidays. These are parasites are here now. They're not, you know, and they're not taking Christmas off or Hanukkah off or whatever off. So, um, you know, my thought is like, we should get started on this stuff. So, um, and all that's one question. So should we wait till the holidays are over and do it like January 3rd, 4th, or should we do it like as soon as possible and how, you know, like within a week, two weeks. And, um, and what I, what, and the format is going to be like a, a webinar, like a zoom. Um, I don't know about restream, but, uh, something where we can all sign, you can all get on and we'll, we're going to, uh, it's going to be long. It's going to be because there's a lot of slides. We want to discuss them. And then at the end, we'll have questions. So, um, but it'll be long. It's going to be every, you know, it's, I just, I'm just trying to, I want you to understand the situation. And I think, um, you know, that's my purpose really is uh, just to disseminate knowledge. And uh, knowledge is not mine. I don't own it. I just share it. That's my, that's my gig in life, right? To share knowledge. And of course, uh, I'm stuck with this. Oh my god! I gotta move this. I like to keep my legs over there. Okay. All right. Okay, machine. All right, machine. You got that? You happy? You know. I don't know. I'll tell you. I'm uh, curses out to Kane. Um, anyway, so what are we going to talk about with the parasites? What are parasites? Which parasites like to take up residence in human beings? Um, what effect do uh, parasites have on humans? 
And um, how do how do they get into us? What routes? How do they how do they get into our bodies? And how do we avoid being? Uh, how do they avoid being killed? And how do they how do they manage to stay alive in our bodies? What are the strategies they use? And then uh, how do we know we have parasites? And then finally, the big question: How do we get rid of them? So I'm going to talk about all those things in probably a lot more detail than you want to know, but it'll be good. It'll be a good reference. Maybe you can keep it and you know read uh, to look at it later. So uh, well, there'll be a notice coming out, and everyone, please share. Um, uh, share, 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 share. Is this chat? Just share. Um, uh, uh, share the information. Okay. So, anyway, so that's what I'm going to do with parasites. So, let me know if you think we should do it sooner than later. Um, it'll be a webinar. Um, it'll be a, we- a webinar thing. So, you sign up for it and we'll do it together. Okay. And then you can ask questions at the end. I think it'll be a good format. Okay. Okay. And that way we just, and we just focus on that. All right. And there'll be a time for questions at the end. We could, it's really long. We could do it in two parts, uh, one week apart. Um, anyway, I'd like to get your input because you guys are the ones that are going to be uh, sharing it with me. Um, all right. So, and uh, and remember, if you do have, if you have CFCs right now and you're really concerned about it, just, you know, you get a hold of my center in Arizona. Um, and, um, uh, you know, if it's harder to get a hold of me and, um, They'll get me, and we can have our consult and all that sort of thing, and it might make it easier for you. Um, but at least you can get somewhere quickly because, some, you know, sometimes it's urgent. Not most of the time it's urgent. Um, yeah, so that's that. Now, uh, so again, so Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, TikTok, and what else? LinkedIn, and the website, drlody.com. Anyway, it's all at Dr. Thomas Lodi. All of them except for Twitter, which is Dr. Thomas Lodi, MD. You know that, right? I said it last week. Ah, so all right, uh, let's get into the questions. And by the way, they all of those formats replay it, so you can go to sleep if you're in Europe for right now or in, in Africa. Um, you can go to sleep, wake up tomorrow, and watch it. Okay, so let's get into the questions, okay? Because that's that's really why we're here uh, is to get into the questions <coughs> <coughs> sooner. Two parts would be good. Okay. That's what we're going to talk about, Jen. Uh, Jen, we're going to. That's the purpose of this webinar is to answer all the questions that you've always had. I got to turn that light down. I got to close the blind. It's uh, getting longer days here, right over there in your part of the world. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, the lot. Yeah, I think in your part of the world it's getting longer days. Here it just gets brighter and sometimes it gets dimmer. But we're always the same. It's always the same day here. It's beautiful. It's the day. You know, you can take the weather basically and just uh, make, make a a copy of it and put it in the new newspaper tomorrow. Right? There is no weather. I was recently in the U.S. and it was cold, and I had to get like I had to wear all kinds of stuff. And then you get in the car, and then you you don't forget anything. Then you get in the car, and then what? You got to take it all off so you can drive, and then you got to put it all back on. You know what I'm thinking? So, you know, life is hard enough, right? We've got a lot of problems in life. Now I got to add an extra one called weather. Huh. That's why I've always chosen not to live in places where they have weather. I don't like weather. Okay. How's the weather here? What weather? 
yeah, so I'm in Thailand, of course. Um, I'm in there. That's right. Yeah. And so through Southeast Asia. So good morning. So what um, Namaste, uh, India, Namaskar, uh, Aloha to uh, uh, Hawaii and all you, uh, 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 all the people. You know, I heard there's like 2,500 uh, young people, very young people missing in uh, Hawaii. They might be in the same place that the 85,000 people in the U.S. are missing, uh, young, young, young people. Uh, it's uh, really hard to fathom what's going on on our planet. It's just it's just hard to fathom. I mean, it's like, you know, so all of this, all this stuff that we heard about for years is actually true. My God. It's true. Can you believe it? It's true, and it's and it's far worse than you ever imagined. I ever imagined. Yeah. Anyway, I also want to talk to you today about biological dentistry a little bit because biological dentistry is um, it shouldn't be taken out of medical. I mean, it's it's not like we're going to take care of your body and your mouth. It's like saying we take care of your body and your elbow, or you know, whatever. It's a part of your mouth. I don't know how it left the body. But somehow the mouth got out of the body, escaped, and got picked up by a group of people who call themselves dentists. It's very weird. Uh, and they call it biological dentistry. You know what I call it? Rational dentistry. What is this on my lip? Is that a way that? Huh. No, it's skin. Huh. Redundant skin. Um, anyway, um, and just like the kind of, you know, we, they call this... A lot of people give call it functional medicine, and it's not functional medicine. There's nothing. Well, what's functional? I mean, because it works. It's right. You. I mean, I get it. I get it. Because you know why? What most doctors practice, what we learn in medical school, what they teach us, and then what we actually have to do in the hospitals is. Um, and by the way, I told you about medical education, right? So we go to school, we study the fundamental sciences: biology, biochemistry. Uh, I mean, human. You know, in medical school, anatomy. Um, we take bodies apart. We learn them inside out. Uh, and then we figure out, then, then they teach us about what, like, uh, what the st- structure of the tissues are and all these details and how it, how they work and the biochemistry and the physiology. And it's incredibly fascinating. And then the next year they say, okay, now this is what goes wrong. We have these things. They call it pathology. It's just what we know. What do we know? It's not pathology. It's adaptive physiology, right? The body's doing what it has to do to set, to maintain integrity. Yeah. Okay. They don't get that. So they call it disease. They call it pathology, whatever. So we study that and then they teach us, here's our tools, drugs. So we learn all that stuff. They left a big part out. No, no classes on health. So we don't ever even define health. Okay. So don't let anyone, if don't go walk into a place that calls himself healthcare center, unless they can define health, ask them at the front desk, say, okay, it is a healthcare center. What is health? Tell me. And if they give you an adequate answer, you go. Um, well, maybe not go that quickly. You got to do a few little other due diligence, but anyway, and no, no, and I get one little class on nutrition, which is the wrong nutrition. It's the wrong nutrition. It's nutrition they teach. Nutrition they teach dietitians, and dietitians uh, teach you uh, feed you so that you will remain a patient. Um, 
They have some, I, I, believe me, they're, it's bizarre. Anyway, so we learned that the first two years, then they take you to the hospitals. You start doing your clerkships in the hospitals where you're working in the hospital. And now basically what they say is, you know all that stuff you learned? Forget it. This is what we do. And so the third and fourth year, they're saying, this is what we do. And then everybody kind of forgets it. And then we, I, I found myself, you know, a conventional doctor, and I'm going to all these uh, uh, CME, continuing medical education seminars. And I was, all I'm learning is pharmacological explanations of why this drug works and what it does. And this, uh, and I have to learn the other effects that they call side effects. These are the other effects. And uh, that's all I'm learning. And I go, well, what about the physiology of stuff? What, what about biology? So anyway, it becomes that that's medical stuff. So anyway, in there is the mouth. And I want to talk to you about biological dentistry. Okay, because I had one question here by a woman. I wish I could. Let me see if I can find it first because I want to. I just want to real quickly. And then I'm going to go talk about the other stuff, which is someone asked a really good question on parasites. It's very important. Someone asked. Uh, they asked other questions. Too, so. Uh, yeah, here, this person from, um, uh, looks like somewhere, it's Dana, and she says, I've submitted these questions before, but never received an answer. I'm asking again, and I really hope you're going to dread that, that. First, my biodentist does not do CBCT scans, but is referring to a periodontist in Tucson who can. Well, that's absurd. I, I mean, right there, that tells you. That's their fundamental, too. They have to do a cone beam CT of your mouth, 3D, to assess your mouth. So if they're not doing that, why are they doing that? And then if you didn't ask for it, would they have done it on someone else? That's the question. Do these people put in uh, root canals? Do they put metal in the mouth? If they do, they're not biological dentists. They're just using the name. So I don't know who they are. uh, But right there, I would say, if I get, you know, and they're going to have a periodontist in Tucson who can do it. Then who's going to read it? The guy who doesn't even have a scan? I anyway, I would then take these scans to a dentist in Phoenix that you would recommend for evaluation. I'm trying to determine whether I should do this right now for the reasons of cost and the amount of radiation the scans put up. Okay, it's not okay. The, the, these cone beam CTs are small. They're not like a regular CT at all. All right. Um, the radiation is, you know, it's radiation, but you know, with, you can take uh, lots of vitamin C, A, E, and you can, uh, uh, be, you know, before, like the couple weeks before, a week before, during, and then after, and then if you're, um, you can go to a doctor afterwards to get an IV of vitamin, but it's not a lot of, it's not like a CT. Okay. Now the cost, right. I get it with the cost, but here's the thing. If that is, and it often is the fundamental reason why you're having CFCs and you don't take care of it, then what are you doing? And I, you know, like for me, when a person comes in, uh, uh, the best results I've had are when I, I talk to them on Zoom and I find out they've got, you know, what's going on in their mouth as much as I can. And I go, they go to a biological dentist, they take care of it, and then they come to us. Okay, but if they've still got that problem in them, and then they work with us, I feel like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Where it's like, it's like putting a little bit of vitamin C powder on the top of a big uh, 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 abscess. What are you doing? You got this big abscess, and you're putting the, you got to get rid of the abscess first, get the root out, and then, then you can take care of it. Anyway, so you would come to us. What I recommend is this. There are some really great 
biological dentists in uh, Arizona. I mean, there's a couple uh, hard to find, but there's some good ones. Um, but I would, you know, I would, I would go to California. There's a, a doctor by the name of uh, Emma Abramayan, and she's in Glendale and Thousand Oaks. The two offices. And uh, I mean, because this is your life. So you want to go to the best. You don't want to go to the most economical. You want to go to the best. And she's not expensive. I mean, she's less than normal. So what I've seen, you know, I've seen because I've seen I've seen, you know, costs her. Anyway, her costs are less than her fees are less than normal. But what she does is she remembers that she's working with a being that is mind, body and spirit. And so uh, you're not going to find that anywhere. I've never found it anywhere. But. But if you wanted to come to the uh, because it's a one hour flight and then you're there. So why not do it? Anyway, if you're not, if you don't want to do that, if you want to just do LA, I mean, uh, uh, Phoenix, we can do that too. Cause there's, there's a group we just found that seemed really, really good. And so we're, yeah, we can do that, but you got to take care of this. You can't put it off till later. Okay. Then you're saying I, I'm spending, I want to get a regular conventional doctor simultaneously recommending another CT scan to see where things are at with my abdominal tumor. My last CT scan was done back in July, but actually was done for a different reason when I needed to go to the emergency hospital for extreme pain. I'm just concerned with, with the intervals between scans because of radiation. In any case, I, I really don't want that much radiation at all, but wonder if I should get All right, so, and next, should I do another CT scan to see where things are at my abdominal tumor? I was told that I can also have blood clots in my vein, vena cava, because this was surrounding your right atrium and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know any more, Dana, of your situation, but it's on, and you're on Eliquis and uh, for blood thinning because of the blood clots and all that. So, listen. What I would say is, um, you know, I don't, um, oops, do you need a CT to find out where you're at? Um, you do, but it really depends on the doctor. If you go, like, for example, if you came to our center, we can do ultrasound while we're there. and We can kind of monitor things while we're there. It's not as detailed as a CT. That's true. Yeah, it's not as detailed. Um, but if you're concerned about it, but I would say if if you if you don't feel like things are are are, are moving around and growing, and we would do certain blood tests, you know, we'll look at parameters that a lot of doctors, uh, I would say most doctors don't even look at. I mean, when I look at the blood test that the that the average uh, oncologist does, it's like shocking. It's shocking. It's I would say it's like uh, you know a first year medical student. It's like what you know. Uh, don't you guys know the biology of CFCs? I mean, wh- what are you doing? Uh, they, it's absurd. They're absurd. It's absurd. It's beyond absurd. So you just need, um, I would say, come just come to us right away and let's just, we can manage the whole thing. Or let's find, you can find someone in Tucson maybe, and uh, I can uh, collaborate with them. But um, but the first thing is take care of the mouth and, and uh and then you got to get someone who can do some blood testing and know what's going on if there's uh, any kind of concern. And then uh, you got to tell me what you're doing. How are you dealing with this? I mean, did you do this conventionally or 
um, what are you doing? Because remember, um, what we need to do when we have CFCs is not like something that uh, it's not like, well, I'm going to spend like three months of my life and do this uh, and then I'm, and then go back to uh, whatever I was doing to my old lifestyle. You can't do that. You have to understand that what it is when you get this, when you arrive at a situation where you have chronically fermenting cells in your body, it's really a a message from God to say, okay, let's go on a new path, right? Because so ma- imagine if you had uh, CFCs all over your lungs and you were a two-pack-a-day smoker, right? So you come along and um, we talk to you about the, the, the potential effect that might have blah, 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 and your diet and your sleep and blah, blah, blah. So you go, you do it all, you get better, and all the scans are clean, and you go home, and a year later, you start to smoke again. You know, so, I mean, that happens. Uh, so you don't do it. In other words, how long do I have to quit smoking? How long do I have to do this? Well, you, it's it, This is it. This is it. It's showtime. It's life. Here's life. You know, uh, we didn't learn how to live, right? They didn't teach us how to live. They turned us, they, they taught us how to follow, obey and how to use uh, machines, and how to consume, and uh, all these absurd, ridiculous things. They taught us, um, they trained us to be extremely vain, and uh, most people uh, expanded their vanity to include greed. Um, And, you know, then greed, uh, you know, vanity is number one. Vanity is number one. And vanity is not ego. Ego is you've got something, you've got an administrator of yourself, right? Uh, I got to go to the, I got to get a, I got to go to the car. I got to organize this. And that's an ego. Yeah, it's a necessary thing. But what vanity is, is love of self. When you fall in love with your image, you fall in love with your personality. That's vanity. Uh, so it's completely different than ego. Don't confuse those. People say, he's got a big ego. She's got a big ego. They're really what they're really saying is they really love themselves. They're totally in love with themselves. They really think they're cool, and that is the real answer, right? So, um, and you know, uh, and all you gotta do is ask, ah, what's your name? Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, uh, and I. You know, I don't even know who. I, I don't watch the, any of that stuff anymore. So, I'm, I'm like, I'm, are those guys still around? I don't even know anymore. But um, it might be all new people. Um, now, regarding your eloquence, you can definitely get onto natto and to um, uh, lumbrokinase. Natto kinase and lumbrokinase, if you read the research on it, they, they're far superior than this stuff. And this eloquence is going to, you know, the potential damage is not worth it. And these other things are like natural substances, and they stimulate the, um, the side of the, uh, of, the, of, 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 of the clotting system that degrades clots, right? This eloquence, they, they don't do that. They just prevent it, but it keeps happening. But it, And then it, it, it kind of prevents it and can cause problems. <clears throat> you can wind up in a situation where you won't be able to clot when you need the clot and all that. So it's much better to work on this side, which just increases the ability to break down clots. All right? So, all right, Dana, I hope – sorry we didn't answer you longer. Um, I mean sooner. But uh, anyway, let's get to some more – okay, some more questions here now. Here was a treat, uh, a question. It says, uh, wait, what are we doing here? All right, yeah. So here this question is, um, what is the most effective treatment for schistosome blood fluke parasite in my urinary tract? 
I have a long-term chronic infection from South America that includes swollen inguinal. This is Stacy. Uh, inguinal lymph node on the right side. Swollen elbows and an unidentifiable, unidentified lump in left kidney where I believe they've set up house. Been seeing schistosomes in my urine on and off for 20 years. Currently, I'm undertaking mercury and lead. Low-dose chelation with supplements. All right. Well, Stacy, um, um, so you went to South America and got wound up with schistosomiasis. And that's, you know, one we're going to talk about next when we finally do this uh, talk, this webinar on, is that right? Come on. God. Okay. We're going to do a webinar. Like I said, we'll be talking about uh, schistosomes and all the other guys. Okay. Um, uh, all the other types of, of, of parasites. But schistosomes is a... Uh, it's a big deal now. We don't see it as much in the U.S. Um, and we don't see it as much in uh, Europe. Although what's happening nowadays is that all, you know because everybody is bringing everything. And plus, there's been ever since um, ever since the um, um, you know what do you call them the rulers. Remember since the rulers of the world decided to uh, destroy national sovereignty um, and they've, you know, all the borders of everywhere has been opened and there's been so much, uh, you know, so now what we're seeing is, th- uh, now we're seeing even more than we did before, you know, before we just had air travel and lots of communication. Now we've got people, you know, coming in. And so, uh, because we want it to be, we want, we re- the goal is to make it one homogenous, um, homogeneous population. And I, I mean by homogeneous is not in terms of ethnicity, but I mean in terms of, um, you know, equally distributed. Every There'll be no difference. There'll be no distinction. Like, you know, France will no longer be specifically uh, with French, specifically French with its cuisine and with its um, its, its culture in Germany and uh, on America. Uh, America ever have culture? I guess at one point. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't think so. But, um, uh, uh you know, and then you go to the Eastern, uh, Eastern uh, European countries or, and, and Russia, um, uh, fantastic Asian countries, you know, we're, but they're all becoming, they want to make them all the same. So you have as many of each person in there um, and anyway, you lose national sovereignty. So that's also contributed to this. But anyway, this, um, what you're talking about with schistosomes is it's a, it's, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a blood flute. What's that? It's a worm. And uh, it's a, uh, the, you know, the guy that discovered it, his name was Theodore Bil- Bilharz, um, and he discovered it in Egypt in 1851, so quite a while ago. And so it got the name of Bilharazia or uh, Bil- Bil- Bilazarosis and whatever, all kinds of names. But then this has also been called snail fever. And the reason it's been called snail, fe- snail fever is because the snails are the intermediate host, right? So, um, you know, they kind of go from you know, human uh, fecal fecal contamination or urinary contamination into the water. And then these are water snails. And then the water snails uh, pick them up and then take these, um, the form that they come out from the humans in. And in the, and in the snail's body, they're able to convert to a new form and then they come out and then those, re, those infect, uh, go into the humans. 
And that's kind of just the way it is, right? Um, it's actually this, it's, 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 it's so prevalent, like 250 million people um, in the world per year. Okay. You know, we're, per year. Um, so it's considered the second most, uh, the second most prevalent of all the parasitic uh, uh, invasions. Um, what's number one? You all know what number one is, right? Anybody know? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Malaria. Anyway, I didn't see anybody answer. <coughs> anyway, malaria is number one. Malaria is a bad thing. Um, so anywhere from 240, 250 million people are 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 are, are exposed and, and develop um, schistosomiasis a year. Uh, and there are different uh, varieties of them and our, our species. And there's one particular species that goes to the urinary tract, like you're talking about, um, and uh, can actually result in uh, uh, CFCs of the bladder. Okay. So how do you get these things? Usually involved, you get exposed to fresh water somehow. You get, because uh, uh, invo- you got to get exposed to the snail um, things because the, uh, when they leave the snail, they turn, they turn into what are called free swimming circaria and they, uh, they get into your, your skin, right? And they go through the capillaries of your blood and then they go up into your, um, uh, Either into your portal system in your in your liver or into your bladder there, and uh, they can even go up into the brain. So uh, they're basically all, basically all over. So you know while they're migrating during their migration, right? Um, they the these those circaria that we we're talking about turn into either male and female, and then wherever they land, bladder or or liver or whatever, uh, uh, I mean they can hang out and get stuck in your blood vessels for. 20, 30 years. I mean, they've got suckers on them. Um, and um, so, but when they get there and they start, then now they're male and female, and they can mate. And then you see then the eggs that come out, right? So what's interesting is that the, 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 the adult worms uh, incorporate the uh, proteins from humans into their, into their makeup on their body. So the immune system doesn't see them. The immune system thinks that these worms are part of them are part of us, are part of self. Um, uh, but these little guys, in order to um, um, uh, propagate, lay thousands of eggs every day, each one of them. And it's those eggs that are anthogenic. In other words, those eggs that stimulate the immune system. And that's where a lot of the problems were. A lot of, a lot of these parasites, it's because of the egg production. Yeah. Um, and... Um, now, the thing about the eggs, too, is that they, they can actually migrate. Because we, we, people have said, well, how do we find them? You know, aren't they in their stool? Well, not always, because they, these guys migrate into the bowel wall, into the bladder wall, 
into the uh, into the liver wall, into the brain. They just migrate and they hang out in the walls and they're just laying eggs and stuff. So they're not always easy to be found. But when they come out, if they do come out, they come out and they and they somehow if they wind up in the in, in, in fresh water versus seawater and the fresh water is not always fresh, but I mean, it's it's uh, supposed to be. It was long before we invented machines. Um, anyway, so. You know, that's kind of the, the, the life cycle, right? So and most of the symptoms that we see long term, like you're talking about in your in your groin there and stuff are from the eggs and nests. Yeah. But they get in the liver. You can get hepatomegaly, which is a large liver. You can get, uh, you know, as I said, bladder CFCs and other things like that. So and what is the best treatment? Well, the, the, the treatment of choice worldwide is praziquantel. We've talked about praziquantel, except that if you look at the studies of praziquantel and its treatment of this, it's really absurd. I, 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 again, you know, I, one would think, one would think that uh, if you were in this work long enough, you know, you become, I don't know, somewhat jaded and, and like you're no longer blown away, but I'm continually blown away. So <clears throat> it's like they're looking for the minimal amount of uh, treatment of therapy so that I, and I, the only reason I can think of is uh, the real reason, I mean, is uh, so that you it didn't really go away and they can keep treating you. So they they say like for cystosomiasis, we're going to give 20 milligrams per kilogram three times a day for one day. Huh. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't get all those hundreds of thousands of millions of eggs that are all over your body, huh? Yeah. No, no. And remember, praziquantel is also used for some of the other uh, flukes, which are uh, um, these little flatworms, um, uh, like like um, Clinorchis, which is the um, uh, one of the um, uh, worms that uh, you find a lot in China, and it can go to the gallbladder and uh, even the um, opistocorcus which is the big one in Chi in, in Thailand that causes uh, a cholangiocarcinoma which is biliary duct uh, you know they all need uh, prosequantal I mean that I mean that's that's kind of like the the drug of choice but you know for them they're gonna say well 75 milligrams per day for um, I don't know two days all right well, that's still not enough because of the eggs and we've talked about that so when we go over when we have this uh uh when we do these webinars um and please let me know put your comments up i'm going to look at them later put the comments i want to find out what you're thinking about what's the best way to deal with this uh giving you the uh, the, the webinar you know should we do it in two parts should we do it sooner than later well you know all that sort of thing so anyway um but it's praziquantel. So they're saying, some say, well, 75 milligrams uh, uh, per kilogram per day, for two days. Okay, well, so so then that's okay to take it like that. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you. You can do it. Well, then why don't we do that for the other ones too, just to make sure they're gone? But is that long enough? No. Uh, you know, and then, but it's but again, it's treated. There are many, many different uh, parasites uh, are uh, are treated with the praziquantel, right? So there's an intestinal fluke that where they do uh, 75. Um, it's metagomonious, metago, meta, metagonomious, 
um, that is uh, 75 milligrams a day per, uh, per kilogram per day for three times a day, right? And then there is the paragamonious, uh, 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 which is a, a lung flu. And then there's tapeworms, the fish tapeworms, right? Um, five to 10 milligrams per kilogram orally once. Again, pretty, pretty stupid. Um, and there's the dog tapeworm and there's the beef tapeworm, you know, the tinius siganata. I don't know if you ever knew about that, but they all have tapeworms, right? And then the pork tapeworm, of course, and they're all, because uh, they, they can all, um, they're all uh, responsive to prosequantal. And then the dwarf tapeworm, 25 milligrams per kilogram. So you see, these all have different, which is bizarre. They have different recommendations. I don't know why they do that. And then some experts say, no, 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 no. well, you know, why are we, you know, okay. All right. So we can get away with giving high doses and we should do it longer and we can really kill these guys. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. That's what we've done. That's what I've come up with. I think it's the best way Dr. Uh, Dr. Simon, you has come up with this, you know, let's just, let's get rid of them instead of develop because they, for, they are persistent and they don't want to go away and they're going to find their way into tissues and they and they can also go there. Some of them can go into a cyst form where they can remain for years, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And you're dead. You're, you're dead already. And there's they're still in there. So uh, these guys are like, you know, we got to kill them. We got to get rid of them. I mean, I know it's not very ahimsa of me. It's not very uh, I do no harm of me. But, you know. In this case, you got to do some harm. You got to get, you got to kill them. I mean, you know, um, or they're going to kill you. Okay, so this is, so the Shistasoma, uh, 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 you know, the, the, again, like I said, there's different Shistasoma, uh, just some different species, and they come up with. Now, what's really frightening, and uh, I think we should all be frightened about it, because it's just one more thing to be frightened about, right? We don't have enough. Um, anyway, it's called the World Health Organization and their um, <coughs> their stance on this. Okay. Now, they are coordinating strategies to work with uh, the private sector to bring um, hundreds of millions of doses of prosequantil to the poor countries. Well, you know, and there's a mass administration in sub-Saharan Africa and Yemen. Huh. This is the same places where they were giving out those interesting uh, uh, injections for um, smallpox that had were laced with uh, something that caused what was later known as HIV. So, hmm. I, so in any words, in other words. If they're on a big campaign to do something and they're and they're working with the private sector, because you got to think the private sector, in other words, we're talking about private, uh, you know, people that make profit. OK, we're not talking about well, even the governmental agencies make profit. OK, okay so how do we distinguish them? I guess we can't really distinguish government and uh, business anymore. There's no distinction. Uh, well, one, one, well, one we call politics. Uh, um, they're, um, um, and by the way, I, I, I know this sounds uh, maybe far-fetched, but, you know, every year we have the Academy Awards, right? 
um, in Hollywood, right? And it's a big deal, the red carpet. And, you know, you get to see, you get to see your favorite stars in their favorite clothes and they're wearing whatever it is. I don't know. So, uh, and we have it. And then we get best actress, best actor, best actor and actress in a supporting role, best director and stuff like that. Right. So we have the Hollywood Academy Awards and everybody. And if you got an Academy Award, well, you're going to get, you're going to get the best, uh, 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 scripts for the new movies. Okay, cool. And everybody loves it and they're all excited and excited. So I think we also have to have an Academy Awards for Washington, D.C. Yeah, because Washington, D.C. is amazing. I mean, we've got, we, um, I think it was for uh, the, the 2020 awards should have gone to, um, uh, I think, to the uh, Trump for best act, you know, best actor in a, in a leading role. And the other one to uh, Nancy Pelosi for the best actress. Yeah, I think together they were, they did their job. Uh, really nicely, and uh, uh, the, the, the country's 100% irrevocably divided into two, so it was a good job. Um, and then there were supporting roles, like, what was his name, Michael Spence. Uh, anyway, I think we should start having the uh, Washington Academy Awards. They were really great. Uh, and, pro- and then even, we've got to go above that, maybe the International Academy Awards. Because I think one of the top guys up there, there's a couple of top guys, you know, King, King what's his name? Uh, Charles and uh, his best friend who uh, they founded some cute little club in 1971 called the uh, world economic forum. It was named Klaus, Klaus uh, slot. Was it slob? No, no, not slob. It was uh, close to slob. What was it? I can't remember, but anyway. Um, and um, 1971 is when they founded that. Now, can you imagine what an important year? That's the same year that, uh, uh, went off the gold standard. That's the same year that uh, Richard M., what was it, Nixon, um, declared uh, war on CFCs. They went to war against CFCs. So 71 was pivotal. World Economic Forum, gold gone, and we went to war against CFCs. Uh You know what that meant. Anyway, did I get off the t- topic? Yeah, probably. Um, anyway, so this the who the the WHO's response to schistosomiasis is, is that so <clears throat> is that they're going to get together with the private sector and they're going to other uh, they're also going to provide guidelines for the get. Okay, now you all know what guidelines are, right? All right. Guidelines are really instructions. You say it, it's a euphemism, a euphemism, and they say that for uh, you know the American Society of Clinical Oncology, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, American College of Cardiology. They all give their their people guidelines, uh, and they're just guidelines. But if you don't follow them, you're going to lose your license. But they're just guidelines. Um, so um, anyway, they're giving guidelines to the distribution of all this and all these the private sector is just going to be donating all this stuff so um i'm just saying be careful of what you're getting and where you're getting it from <coughs> now one other thing stacy so prosequantil is it now i uh what i have i can't tell you what to do but i'll tell you what i do with a, when i have a, a, a person that comes to me for help and i uh, I, I realize that they are, that that, uh, that these guys are powerful 
uh, they want to live. They form, their eggs are antigenic. They, they stimulate the immune system. Uh, sometimes they make the immune system go crazy. Um, they also learn how to hide from the immune system. They go into the bloodstream and they go all over the body, everywhere, spinal cord, brain, everywhere, everywhere. I got a cyst here. I got a cyst there. I got a cyst there. Beware of cysts. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so I, I usually give those people uh, Prozacuanto 600 milligrams three times a day. I give them my Clozamide 500 milligrams three times a day. I give them Ivermectin, you know, maybe 12 milligrams three times a day. I give them uh, a Mabendazole 500 milligrams three times a day. Uh, Tinidazole I give. I give uh, um, Nidazoxanide because uh, we don't know what else. If you got one, you probably have another few other ones, and they have parasites, some of them. And uh, and I don't do that with anything else. It's just the only thing. Otherwise, I really don't like pharmaceuticals. I don't like pharmaceuticals. Why? Because they're poisons. Now, these are poisons, but they happen to do some really important things, um, like get rid of CFC stem cells. They also get rid of these parasites, and they also get rid of, uh, they turn off certain pathways of the of uh, mature CFCs. So they've got some really good, 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 good stuff. That's what Joe Tippins, right? Okay. Another one is from Cindy, and she goes, uh, "Hi, my niece just found a medulloblastoma tumor on her brainstem. They surgically removed ninety-five percent. We have been hearing about parasites and CFCs, and want to know if it would be recommended, and if so, what do you take?" How much and how long we are looking for other ways to support her healing process while she was having six weeks of proton radiation. All right. Well, okay. Um, Cindy. So, uh, so medullobastoma is, it's actually uh, the most common uh, brain tumor in children. And, um, Counts for about 20% of all, all brain tumors in, in children. Um, and the usual standard treatment is the same as it is for everything under the sun, except for leukemia, and that is surgery, radiation, chemo, or surgery, chemo, radiation, or chemo, surgery, radiation. Anyway, some combination of the three. You ever see those guys with the, they got the three shell, the two, the three eggshells, and you, they move things around? And you're trying to figure out where where is the where is the where is the thing where's the acorn or where's the where's the gold piece? Anyway, um, yeah. So if she's getting proton therapy, that means by then by now she's had the surgery and probably chemotherapy. Uh, I don't know how old she is. Um, I'm assuming she's. I'm hoping. Well, hoping she's older than eight, but I don't know. You didn't mention the name, but the proton therapy, just so you all know, proton, they, you know, proton is the positively charged particle in the, um, in the nucleus, right? And the electrons are float around there. Now, when they give regular, normal, what we call uh, radiation therapy, uh, it's usually uh, photon radiation. And so photon radiation uh, is... It causes, it's called ionizing radiation, and it causes damage by that. Whereas photons, activated photons, 
are aimed right at the tumor and they can actually uh, pretty much uh, uh, avoid some of the others, others tissue, other tissues. You know, they, they can be more specific. So it's kind of cool in that regard. However, um, and definitely safer because you don't get all the gastrointestinal um, side effects. You don't get all the other side effects. You don't necessarily get the acoustic, the loss of uh, of hearing and some of the other stuff that can happen. From, but but what they do with the medulloblastomas is that since they can go throughout the whole body, including the spinal cord, they actually um, uh, the treatment is that they irradiate the whole brain and the spinal cord. And the problem is if the child is under eight and they do that, they're going to have for sure cognitive decline. They're not going to be the same person they would have been. And uh, so, but proton versus regular uh, radiation, of course, the proton, because the regular radiation not only does all those horrible things, but it also, because uh, it's whole brain same. Uh, but it also causes secondary malignancies. You know, you wind up getting another one because of the radiation. But the proton um, also can spare certain parts of, in, uh, you can turn it down to zero on certain parts of the, so even though it's whole brain and, and, and spinal cord. Now, the other big problem is that it, um, even with that, we see cognitive decline. So what I would say to you, Cindy, is that Let's look for other potential causes uh, and not, maybe you don't have to finish the proton. How is she? How old is she? Is she having any kinds of cognitive issues yet? Because remember, we're talking about the rest of her life, right? And um, so these neurocognitive deficits that result can be, you know, pretty, can be pretty bad. Um I think there there was a, a study where they found that uh, people that got it, they had actually 1.5 point decrease um, in their um, uh, intelligence, their IQ uh, per year. So anyway, now, then the question becomes, well, what else could it be? Well, as I may have told you before, we have re we recently last year uh, had a uh, actually an oncologist, a, a surgical oncologist, right? The guy who cuts out tumors um, the, uh, with a glioblastoma, which is the you know big the most horrible thing in the world. Um, it's a primary tumor in the brain, uh, which is they say that there's a I don't know. They say there's a small percentage of five-year survivability, but I don't think so. I mean, maybe. But I pretty much consider it not. Um, so anyway, so he came to us. It turns out that he had all these teeth problems. I mean, he had implants with, you know, I know your little niece doesn't have that, but he had all these implants and root canals and stuff like that. That was all taken care of by a biological dentist. Then he's been on antiparasitics and antifungals for over uh, a year now, and it's almost gone. That's just unheard of, unheard of, unheard of. Okay, so my uh, what I all I want them to do is go back and tell their colleagues, because uh, his wife, by the way, is also a retired surgical oncologist. Yeah, 
But anyway, so what else goes to the brain and what else could be more likely to be with the little girl that you, with your, your little girl, I don't know how old she is. Um, did you tell me? Whoops. I just knocked, I just knocked this out, excuse me. Yeah, all right. It's weird having all these cameras. Uh, so, um, but, you know, toxoplasmosis, toxoplasma gondi, gondi. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's a parasite, but it's not a worm like uh, uh, we were just talking about with the uh, schistosomes, um, you know, fluke, flatworms. Um, but it's uh, so it's a single-celled organism, um, and um, it's considered one of the most widespread and successful parasites in the world. I mean, what a bizarre thing to say. Um, uh but anyway, so uh, and it's, but it's pretty pretty wild, you know. It, 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 almost any mammal, warm-blooded animal, can will have toxoplasmosis. I mean, and birds. So it's found a lot in rodents, birds, and uh, even the big, large sperm whale has uh, can get toxoplasmosis. Um, humans usually get. And the other thing is that they live. For some reason, they like feces of uh, the cats. So lions, leopards, tigers, and of course, house cats. So the litter box, just changing the litter box, uh, you know, so you change when you change the litter box, make sure you, uh, you know, look the other way, you know, do it so you don't get near it or breathe it in and then go wash your hands just in case, you know, because you know, uh, they're not cool. So these guys and these guys, uh, you know, most people have no problem. They have, I mean, I mean, I think 15% of uh, Americans have uh, antibodies in their blood for fresh uh, for toxoplasmosis. Whereas um, about 50% of Europeans do. All right. Uh, meaning they've been exposed, but remember these statistics are based on people that they just happen to be looking for that particular antibody. It's not going to, if I'm going doing a blood test for another reason, you know, that's not going to pop up and I've got to be doing it. I have to use a special machine and be looking for it. So, you know who you it's a, you know we don't know how many people really have been exposed but it's around okay and the thing about tox <coughs> toxoplasmosis um is uh yeah most people don't have problems because if you have a healthy immune system it'll be a problem when we found out when, when we started to get when it started to get a lot of attention medically uh, is when this whole uh, the, the great HIV hoax came out, uh, and people that were immunocompromised were seeming to get it as well. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, these little cysts can get up and they can get in the brain, and we see cognitive decline, we see seizures, we see. Uh, Yeah, those are the main things we see with it. And then, of course, we can develop. It can develop into, in adults, it turns out, it can it can develop into uh, glioblastoma in adults. So it's interesting. When they looked at, they did a prospective study, this uh, group group out of uh, UC uh, uh, Santa Barbara, University of California, Santa Barbara. And they uh, did a prospective study, uh, you know, where they looked at people 
and got their blood before. And then it turns out that uh, I think the average was 13 years later developed glioblastomas and they had a significantly higher percent of um, antibodies to toxoplasmosis in their blood 13 years before or whatever it was before. So, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, and then there's another one that's called neurosister cercosis, which comes from different tapeworms. Now, tapeworms can lay eggs. And again, they do lay eggs and these legs and, 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 and it could be. Uh, and where do we get those? Where do we get those? From eating undercooked um, animals, whether they are bovine, porcine, or if some people eat other things, uh, what else do people eat? Other mammals, what else do people eat? I, not many of you guys eat horses, right? Probably not many. But moose? And what about raccoons? Eat raccoons? Nah. Um, it's hard to think now, but I, I can't imagine what people eat anymore. I can't imagine it. I can't. I mean, it's like, I, mean, I can't, like, imagine it. I can imagine it, but I can't imagine it. You know what I mean? I don't know what I mean, but I do know what I mean. Um, anyway, so, you know, you know, these tapeworms, you know, they get into the small intestines, thousands and thousands of eggs, and they go through the bloodstream and they wind up everywhere, right? And, uh, you know, so, in fact, sister cercosis, which is the these little guys that go up and do these things, uh, is the leading cause of seizures worldwide. That's pretty intense right so you think uh parasites might be a problem i don't know what do you think eh, i don't think so i don't have them um yeah but guess what we treat it with what do we treat all these tapeworms and all, all these things with uh, and there's all there's a lot um with a benzimidazole no so it's not actually so they don't use benz, uh, uh, fenbendazole. They don't use medbendazole, but they use albendazole. And I don't know. Yeah, medbendazole would work. Fenbendazole would work. So, yeah. That and prosequantum. So there you go. It's a good combination for lots of things. And remember, and my conclusion is if you have one, you probably got more. It's kind of like you see one cockroach, you know that there's probably a thousand more in there. That's the way I look at it too. And by the way, that most horrible of all of the uh, the parasitic, I mean, in terms of causing deaths, I think worldwide, um, called uh, malaria. You can get what's called cerebral malaria, and that that could be really good. That's usually for children, you know. Um, so, you know, malaria people don't get treatment and don't get something to get rid of it. They usually die because you, you know these guys, these malarial organisms live in your red blood cells, and that's pretty important since it carries oxygen. So you wind up not doing well. Even people that get treated, uh, 15, 10% mortality. So, and, that's all, and I think a big part of it is because they always undertreat everything. Um, but guess what is the drug of choice, the treatment of choice for malaria? That's right. Artemisinin, I, uh, a.k.a. Ar uh, wormwood, uh, uh, a, um, uh, a traditional Chinese, what was it called? 
I forget, but there's a traditional Chinese TCM. Uh, it's used in all the indigenous. Uh, it's used for as an antiparasitic. It's used in uh, people to help move their bowels. It's called wormwood. Anyway, it has a derivative called art, art, artemisinin, which can be an artesanate. And there's another form called artemether, and it's just different forms of it, okay? Um, but it is the treatment of choice. And, and of course, the quinines, the quinidine, and stuff like that, but not, not as much as artemisinin, which is one of the reasons it's got the Nobel Prize in 2015. And also, remember, this is also, artesanate is also very, very good for CFCs. We use it. The problem is because it also goes to the red blood cells because it's after it goes after iron. We often find that uh, we, we wind up causing seeing people's uh, red blood cells go down, and that's not good because you know they get anemia. So, looking at all the studies, it looks like it might be good to give it on day one, day eight, and day twenty-one of a month, and give it at a good high dose, and uh, that way we don't get we're not seeing the kind we're not seeing anemia so much. But I think we have it's a good chance to get in there and. Um, and, and that's why, because CFCs have much more transferrin receptors on there. What is transferrin? It's a protein that transports iron around the body to different places. And so any place that's going to grab iron and use it must have a, a transferrin receptor. You know, another one is you all heard of sleeping sickness, right? Which is called, uh, trypanosomiasis, right? Trypanosomes, uh, pretty terrible thing um but just like malaria which is you know from a mosquito this is from a uh well in africa they call it a tsetse fly and in america they call it what it's called a uh oh, what is it it's a weird it's a weird name it's something like a uh, uh what is it I get, I know. I think it's like the assassin bug or something like that. Anyway, it's a really strange bug. If you ever see it, and it's got like a long nose, well, proboscis. When we call it a nose, it's not a nose. Proboscis, uh, and it's got. A, and when it eats animals or it eats its prey, uh, it usually uh, like paralyzes them and then kind of dissolves them. So it's got a. It's got like a venom. It's pretty nasty. But they also carry around these guys as well, and which finally get into the brain and they cause seizures and everything and including uh can cause uh, brain cfcs and um yeah yeah pretty bad um so that's that and then and then of course schistosomiasis like we were talking about a moment ago remember those guys can hang on into blood vessels for 30 years 40 years because they got these little suckers they get up into the brain too and they and uh they, they, you know they increase blood uh, uh intracranial pressure, uh, increased seizures, increased, uh, yeah, all kinds of problems. So, so we, you, you need to be on a few, uh, Stacey needs to be on a few things. And then we have the uh, echinococcus, cococcus, which again is another tapeworm. And uh, they can find that. They, they do a CT scan of the brain. They see all these little holes all over the place. These guys are crazy. You do not want, you got to clean them out, whoever you are. And if you've got a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever you want to call it, partner, that's the weirdest word. Who came up with that? Howdy, partner. That She's my partner. I don't know. I just, I know, I never thought of partner as somebody 
that I was in love with and that I had a life with. I thought of that different. A partner is somebody I'm going to have a business with or a, I don't know. Anyway, that's just me. I'm weird. Um, so, but if you got someone like that, then they've got to get treated too. It's just like a, that's just like an STD, chlamydia or gonorrhea. You wouldn't treat one person and not treat the spouse or the, or the, or, or, or the um, uh, person with whom they have uh, sex. You know, and you got to treat children too. Anyway, these tapeworm, the echinococcus, like I said, um, prosequantol and albendazole or mebendazole or something like that. Now, of course, we've got the old famous trichinella, right, which is uh, can do the same thing, gives a lot of headaches and stuff like that. And then there's, uh, and again, 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 mebendazole, albendazole, yeah, all those things work really good. But those, uh, what do we get tri trichinosis from, you all know? Undercooked uh, pig flesh. And there's another weird one called paragomyasis, myasis, measis. Uh, and it comes from undercooked crayfish, undercooked crab, and undercooked one other kind of weird thing. Anyway, so, you know, I got a really good idea. Just don't eat any of it. I don't know. Crazy idea, but um, uh, anyway. And then there's another one, uh, which was not really uh, applicable to most people that are outside of Southeast Asia. But if you're in, uh, in Southeast Asia, angiostrongolysis, which is we find in Southeast Asia, including Thailand um, and the Caribbean and all that. Um, yeah, so right, slugs and snails too. So people that use slugs and snails, uh, crabs and prawns, prawns, prawns. Everybody eats prawns. Over here, they don't think there's a difference. They call shrimp and prawns the same thing. Uh, they call it gung. It's gung. It doesn't matter if it's a prawn or a shrimp. It's gung. So uh, anyway, undercooked. How about a, uh, you know, I've seen Japanese eat a lot of shrimp or prawns on their sushi. So anyway, not a good idea. So all of these things can affect the brain pretty, pretty heavily. So um, yes, so there are a lot of stuff you can look for, Cindy. Okay, don't go... They'll go along with that. Okay, so uh, so let's see. Hi, I'm pregnant. This is Nani, Nan, Nani, and uh, I am pregnant. And I wonder if I can somehow address the parasites I have connective tissue autoimmune disorder. To best regards. All right. Well, you know, it's interesting. The autoimmune conditions are often uh, TH2 dominant, which is the uh, the chronic arm of uh, of the immune system, whereas TH1 is the acute, right? But the TH2 often is really good for 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 parasites. So that may have been turned on because of parasitic uh, a response to parasites. So. That's very, um, I'm glad you're, you're taking a look at it. Now, a lot of these uh, are, are okay during pregnancy. A lot of these uh, um, antiparasitics. But uh, how, long, how far along are you? And uh, when you say connective tissue autoimmune disorder, um, you know, I'm hoping you're not on any of the drugs that they give. 
because there's there's ways of dealing with that too. Um, so anyway, Nane, um, actually there's quite a few of these um, that you can take. Like the praziquantel is supposed to be, I mean, fine during pregnancy, during even during nursing. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's quite a few. So, um, but you should have some guidance, you know, and I don't know anybody, you know, I don't, I don't ever want anyone to think I'm here selling myself because I'm not, but, uh, I'd be happy to help you. You know, I don't know who else to refer to other than Dr. Simon, you, and he will, you know, he's in St. Louis, so he's closer than I am. Um, that's why you, Simon, you go ask him. Okay. So how do, uh, this is from Claudia. How do I know after three, after the three weeks on one week off and again, that all the parasites are gone Bioresonance method. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually there's just only method like bioresonance or, um, some sort of electrodermal screening or muscle testing and things like that. Things that are more subtle than all of our Western techniques. Um, and, uh, like I said, I, I might've mentioned before I had a woman last year with a, a large lung, which, which they were, everyone, the, the radiologist thought it was a tumor because her SUV, which is the uptake of glucose was at 26, which according to them, anything above seven is definitely CFC. can't be anything else. Well, we didn't biopsy it, and I'm glad she didn't want to. Didn't get any chemo. Got nothing but antiparasitics, ozone, vitamin C, you know, cleansing, changed her diet, went to bed, all, all, everything. It's gone. Gone. So, um, but still, once it's gone, so, so I would say do at least eight or ten if you don't have access to somebody who really knows how to find those. A lot of people operating that equipment, they don't really know how to find it. I'd go to Simon U. I'd go to St. Louis, ask him um, to see if you're done. He'll tell you for sure. For sure. You get, I mean, this guy's accurate. Now, um, uh, uh, then you want to do like yearly, uh, year like at least three cycles yearly. You know, and then plus you want to take a couple of them all the time because remember they're going to be killing the CFC stem cells. And I forgot to say, and I forgot to give that at the beginning, but remember everybody, a CFC is a chronically fermenting cell and it's been called by the Rockefeller team, um, the, uh, you know, them, they call it uh, that, that zodiac sign that falls between Gemini and Leo. And in case you don't know, it's kind of like a crab that walks sideways that's what it is. I don't even want to say the word because the word hurts me. I know it hurts you and I don't want to say the word. So I'm not going to say the word. It slips out once in a while. And I apologize. Use the word CFCs, chronically fermenting cells, because they don't hurt. Why don't they hurt? Because they're real. We're really communicating. Why do we open our mouths with each other? Why do we communicate? We communicate to, to actually transmit information. And that information must be true and it must be relevant and it must be, uh, Right? Nobody likes small talk. They call it small talk. I don't know. I guess that's a good name for it. Like, how are you? Fine. Thank you very much. Why do we even say such a thing? Why don't we just say good morning? You're not asking somebody how they are. Say good morning. 
good to see you or whatever. If it's good or bad to see you, good morning. Oh, are you still here? I mean, why don't we just start being honest with each other? Why? What's what's gonna what, what's the everybody's hating everybody anyway? Everybody's got hit pointing the finger that way. So why not be honest? Be honest. Uh, good morning. Uh, really sorry to see that you're here again today. Or hey, glad you're back. Or whatever. Be honest. Is there another reason to talk? I mean, that's important. I don't think so. And then remember, probably more than 95% of all of our communication, all human communication, is nonverbal. So where do problems arise? When you're in a situation where somebody, you can't see them. So you're just texting. So when you're just texting, you can't get all the nonverbal cues. So lots of things get mixed up. And that's why, uh, can you imagine these little children that are growing up now wearing masks and they're not learning some of those nonverbal cues that we need to know in order for us to really communicate with each other? They're not learning that. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. And if you're a parent, please don't put the mask on your child. Only one time is it okay to put a mask on your child. And that is if you're on an airplane and the mask comes down, they're losing pressure, put on yourself first and then on her. Yeah. Other than that, you don't wear a mask. Why don't we wear masks? Those surgical masks. Because there's no reason to, unless you're trying to demonstrate that you are a nice, compliant citizen. Other than that, there's no value. In fact, there is something called anti-value. What is that? Well, your CO2, your carbon dioxide increases because it can't get out. Your oxygen decreases, something you really need. And your saliva is coming out and landing in the mask. And it's full of microorganisms who just happen to have a new generation every hour. So if you're wearing this mask all day long, you've got all kinds of growth going on and maybe some mutated organisms. And every time you inhale, you're going to inhale some of these nice guys. So it makes less than no sense to wear these masks. Where is that? Let me see if I can see that again. Oh, wow, look at all these questions. <coughs> that are going to be answered on our webinar coming up. So yeah, everybody, please be looking out for it and then sign up for it because... Uh, it's going to be, you know, private. We're not going to have, like be open. It's going to be private. So, but I got a lot of questions. But basically, somebody's asking me, like, is there any information on RGCC? Now, you all, I think you, if you've got CFCs, you've probably heard of RGCC. That's where they, uh, that's where they, uh, what do you call it? That's where they, uh, uh, they take your blood and they do all this magical stuff on it. And they come out and saying, well, this person needs uh, these chemos and it should not have vitamin C or, okay. Well, all I can tell you about RGCC is that I stopped using it in 2004. I'm sure they've gotten better. Um, but again, they're looking at circulating tumor cells in the blood. They're calling it a liquid biopsy. It's such a good, I love that term. Um, but we know that um, where did all those circulating tumor cells come from? A tumor. 
And what do we know about tumors? Well, about 1% of them, 1% of the cells of a tumor are capable of metastasis because they are what they call stem cells. Well, the rest are not. Meaning that any tests that I do on those and any conclusions I come up with are irrelevant. So if I do a liquid biopsy, I have, and it's not just RGCC, it's Keras, there's other ones. I have a 99% chance of doing all this test and making all these conclusions based on irrelevant cells. No. Anyway. Plus, no. For, and the endpoint is always apoptosis. But, you know, curcumin is not like, for example, is doesn't achieve, it's only through apoptosis. Same with vitamin C. They do all sorts of other things. Changing epigenetics, turning off uh, NF-kappa-beta, just turning off HIF1. I mean, they do all sorts of things. So to say that any of those doesn't work for this person who's cancer is... I, 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 I don't even know what to call it, but it just ain't true, okay? So I would not, would not uh, do that. And now they're like $3,500. I'm probably going to get a call from one of them saying I said bad stuff. I didn't say anything bad. What did I say is not true? Tell me. There's anything that's not true. Uh, no, I didn't. Wow, wow. So see, all you everybody's asking about the protocol. It's protocol. So we gotta have that. You guys gotta join that webinar coming up, right? We're gonna see how soon it'll be. All right. Okay, cool. Let's go for some more questions. Uh, okay, so now, um, so anyway, Claudia, I hope I answered your question. I mean, I would do it for at least six to eight, and then I'd go see Dr. Simon Yu or somebody who really knows what they're doing with, with some sort of bioresonance, not just relying on the um of the on the, the software inside the, the you know the bioresin somebody who like knows um okay here's lisa and she said i wanted to know about how to go about a cleanse i do not know where to start i received an all clear mri in may or june and i never want to deal with cfcs again i need to know what and how to start a parasite cleanse okay well lisa very good. Congratulations on that. I don't know what they did, but, and I don't know what kind of CFCs you had, but I'm sure they did some combination of surgery, chemo, and radiation, and maybe even what they call immunotherapy, which is just a new word for a fancy kind of chemotherapy. But anyway, and what those what those usually do, and I'm not just saying this stuff, because if we were on a webinar, I could share the screen and show you the research, and you'd see that I don't just I do not make any of this up. I promise. Why would I make it up? You know, I can't even think of a reason to wake it to make to, that I'd be making it up. But anyway, uh, 
But we know that the like chemotherapy in, in maximum tolerated doses causes metastasis. We know that radiation therapy causes metastasis. So you de- and it increases stem cells and all that. So definitely, it's time to do some stuff, um, Lisa. And so it's not just parasites. Parasites a big one, and you got to do that. But you've got to first look at your dental and your your mouth, and you've got to get you look at your cavitations and uh, root canals or anything like that, you know. And just um, a lot of people had their uh, had teeth removed uh, when they were young. And they had braces put on. They don't even really remember that their teeth were removed. And the problem is when a dentist, a regular dentist, uh, which is an irrational dentist, just like regular doctors are irrational doctors, uh, they pull teeth, clean it out with a little water, tap water or whatever their water is, and then they give you a gauze and say, go home. So what's going to happen? And they don't. They usually don't take out the periodontal ligament. So what's going to happen? Ah. Be little fragments of tooth in there hung onto the ligament. There'll be uh, anyway, and then it'll close up over I don't know a couple of weeks, and trillions of microorganisms will get in there. They'll eventually go up into the bone, causing necrosis of the bone, and which um, is called the cavitation. So, and it's on that meridian. So anyway, that's that. Um, now, where are we? So, Lisa, what you've got to do is a really good juice cleanse, colon hydrotherapy for like 18 treatments, two, two, two twice a week for, or at least two a week for uh, a minimum of 18 times and then uh, one a week for a couple couple months then twice a month until the day that you stop breathing unless you are one of those rare individuals in life who can eat real human food through the rest of your life at 100 percent, then you'll find that you don't need to in fact even if you ate 80 20 or 90 10 of real human food and ate a lot of chia seeds and a lot of salads and stuff yeah you wouldn't need any after you'd gone through your 18 to whatever your period of cleansing okay um so but that's what we got to do uh karen you gotta parasites uh and uh you got and you gotta take and and the antiparasitics are also going to get rid of the stem cells like the ivermectin and, and the mebendazole and vitamin c curcumin they all get rid of the, the CFC stem cells, very, very important. Uh, and doxycycline is another, so it's an antibiotic, really prevents bone metastasis, uh, can get rid of bone metastasis. Um, and it also, uh, in combination with vitamin C, is amazingly lethal against uh, stem cells. So, yeah. Um, but you got to do a lot of things. It's a whole lifestyle change. Karen, because you don't want to go through this again. You don't. You certainly, if you have a, a, a colon, colon or rectal, I'm sure they gave you 5-FU, they gave you oxaloplatin, they gave you, which is going to give you uh, a neuropathy, they gave you irena tecan, they may have given you a gemcitabine. I'm not sure. Uh, they might have given you uh, 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 cisplatin. 
you know, and, and all of these have been proven to increase your risk of or, or ensure you're going to have metastasis. So try not to by eating healthy, cleaning the body out because your body's the soil and taking uh, 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 things that will eliminate the stem cells. And then that doesn't have to happen, even if you've had all that. Because sometimes you really have to. I mean, sometimes tumors are blocking light, a, a vital function. You can't do anything else. You've got to do surgery. Sometimes you've got a tumor in the brain growing really quickly and you you don't have time for anything else. you got to do radiation. So there, I'm not saying you don't have to. It could be There are other reasons too. So when you have to, you still, you do it. Yeah. Okay. So now. This is from Pam. It looks like you're in the UK. It says, if you can treat patients without getting chemotherapy, then you're the right individual. For me, your nephew has germ cells, CFCs, and wants to treat via natural. But NHS doctors are trapping my sister and she has to take chemo, otherwise they will take her son from her under the authority. Whoa! Due to this fear, she has given two to three sessions of chemo, and now she has realized that she does not want to go this route. NHS doctors are threatening her that if she cannot find any place of treatment outside of the NHS, then she is liable to give him chemo at any cost. Now her son has no more strength to bear anymore chemo in his body. Alongside, she is treating him with natural therapies too. But the doctors keep insisting on it. You know, do you, I mean, you know, I, I, I read this stuff every day and it just, I, I, I what, what, what do you say? Pam, your sister needs to get out of that country. Tell them you're going to the U.S. for uh, treatment. And you're going to get chemotherapy and have her come and uh, find, let's find a place for you that you can do insulin potentiated low dose. Or at least that's the initial thing. And you might not even have to with him. Germ cell, you know, a germ cell. I mean, I don't know, testicular. I mean, no, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but, or, um, or is it your name? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, um, but anyway, you might not even need any kinds of chemo, not even low dose. Uh, maybe, but more than likely you don't. But that could be the initial plan that got changed. And uh, we could put it, you know, there's all sorts of things. Also, everything that we do, you know, from ozone to vitamin C to curcumin, all that stuff. Yeah. So you got to get her out of there because it sounds like there's you're not going to find it in in <clears throat> the UK because it's really hard. I work with people in the UK. I know of two doctors in London who do a lot of stuff. I guess, <coughs> excuse me, under the radar. <clears throat> so if you get in touch with me, I can put you in touch with those two doctors in uh, in, uh, in, uh, in London. One, 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 his name is Dr. Ziggy. He's pretty cool. The other one is uh, Dr. Uh, Andrews. Anyway. Now, this is from Lynn. I am pancreatic adeno survivor, adeno panc pancreatic CFC survivor. You went, to, you went through the stand, after you went to the standard route, you had 
Whipple procedure and 12 rounds of 5-FU. I definitely was super difficult with my body. I'm not sure if I will ever recover, at least not enough to heal. Wow. Yeah, for those that you don't know, Whipple is where they actually take the stomach and reattach it to the lower part of the small intestines called the uh, jejunum, and they bypass the whole duodenum, liver, I mean, uh, yeah, liver, gallbladder, they bypass the uh, pancreas. It's crazy, but... uh, and then the digestion is different and all that stuff. And then they give you all this chemotherapy. So I understand. So the question is, is it possible to heal your body? Absolutely. Absolutely. This body is amazing. You know, this body is amazing. Not just this one. I mean, all of your bodies are amazing. Bodies are amazing. They they heal. They're self-healing. Um, they're just incredible. Um, yeah, you can definitely, definitely. But so it sounds like you're probably not eating right. You're not, there's lots of things. Uh, you're in a dark place. Um, you've, you've been really damaged. Um, uh, but yes, you can come out of that. Now, if, if, it's, if, if your stomach's going to your jejunum, uh, then you just got to make sure that you, uh, the food that you're eating has had the, um, some of the digestive processes that the, it missed, right? So it missed bile. Right, so you got to add that in. It missed a lot of the, it missed all the pancreatic enzymes, so you're gonna have to add that in. Um, yeah. So the food that's coming in has got to be that. So I would really like to uh, talk to with you, Lynn, and and see if we can come up with. I mean, I work with people all the time who've had that part of their gastrointestinal. Uh, uh, system beaten up like that so yeah you can absolutely absolutely be running again yeah and this is uh alessandro i ask you what do you think of the gonzalez protocol which involved lots of pancreatic enzymes yeah very very good they're very very good um the pancreatic enzymes were fantastic dr gonzalez you all may know was in new york and um they, uh, what was it, just before, like, 20, was it 2019, 2018? They killed him, or they claim he died. Uh, he was a healthy guy. There's no reason for it. He, they died. He was going to publish something about, you know what, um, and um, got in trouble and lost his life. But his protocol was really good um, and involved a lot of pancreatic enzymes, and I'm sure you all know a lot of that research comes from Europe with uh, Wobenzyme and Wobenzyme. These are systemic enzymes that you take on an empty stomach. You take them several times a day in large doses. Um, and the idea is that they will, uh, you've got all these live systemic enzymes in your blood and they will go to the tumors and kind of eat them up and destroy the protein coat that is on the tumor that kind of uh, protects it. Yeah, so that's kind of what that is. But yeah, but he also did other things. He he worked with diet. He worked with autonomic nervous system. He did a lot of other things. But those are good. The problem with uh, those pancreatic enzymes is you've got to eat them. You've got to take them multiple times a day on an empty stomach. 
So that's easy to do if you're eating right. If you're only eating in a four to six hour window, then you've got a lot of times during the day to, to have, have empty stomachs. And that would work out nice, nicely. But you're you got to be taking a lot of enzymes. And that's the problem. A lot of pills. There's like 10 each time or 20 each time. It's a lot. So, okay, here's now here's Sarah. Okay, so Sarah's saying, oh, uh, how, how would you recommend, whoops, Sarah's saying, how would you recommend doing a parasite cleanse while on the maintenance with Avastance? Suspend, stop it all together. The risk of intestinal bleeding while purging parasites makes me think I shouldn't do both. Currently finishing carbotaxolivastin treatment after ovarian reoccurrence. It seems to be working, but I want to be fully detoxed when it's over. And of course, they want me to stay on Avastin for the foreseeable future. They, they don't want you to do that. They, the guys that you're talking to, the ladies that you're talking to, don't have any idea how to make a decision. They are relying on algorithms. That's all they do. They rely on the algorithms. That's what they do. They don't make decisions. They're looking at the algorithms. Okay. And they've got, they didn't come down and say, let's see, let's see, which we put her on. No, they always put the people on taxol, carbol, and uh, Avastin. That's what they do after a certain, you know, there's other regimens too, but they come to that. Um, and it's working for now, meaning that it's shrinking some of the uh, mature cells, but it's not doing anything to the stem cells. And it's, in fact, it is, it is, it's making more stem cells. It's making it worse. And this will not, and the, you had a recurrence because of what they did before. And you'll have another one now. So you've got, I mean, stopping that. Avastin, yeah, there's a lot of other, you wouldn't believe what blocks angiogenesis. Avastin blocks angiogenesis, but so do so does vitamin C, so does curcumin, so does a lot of on some of these um, the antiparasitics. There's a lot of ways to block that, and um, so you, you, yeah, you definitely don't need to be going that way at all. And you're doing it out of fear, and 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 it's because you didn't study enough of this stuff before, and you went to these people and you believe them. But you got to remember, I I'd like to, I, I can't remember ever in my life where the government was telling the truth. I don't remember in my life where a history teacher was telling me the truth. Even they thought they were telling me the truth, but the history that I learned is not history. Uh, uh, the only ones that were telling me the truth, I think were uh, my, the math teachers and English teachers, grammar and things like that. But all the other subjects wasn't the truth. Um, and uh, science is uh, at best biased. So, yeah. Anyway, all, all these, all, all these, uh, these treatments, I mean, you don't need to finish them. You need to do other things. It's working, but, and I know you had a recurrence and I know you're afraid and I know it's ovarian and it's got a very bad reputation and rightly so, but you can deal with it in other ways. So I'm not sure where you are, Sarah, but if I could speak with you or you could find a doctor that's near you that knows this kind of stuff, it'd be really important. Because you don't, I mean, uh, you, yes. So, uh, so should you do the parasite cleanse while you're 
while you're doing it? Yeah, you have to. And the parasite purge will not cause bleeding. It, it doesn't cause bleeding. Okay, so um, don't worry about that. If that was your reason for not doing it. So they're wanting you to stay on a vaccine for the foreseeable. Yeah, but remember, you're the, uh, the, uh, the person inhabiting your body. Um, and it's you who either does well or doesn't do well. So I don't care what they think. I don't. I care what you think. So that's what I'm saying. And Jennifer, um, what are your thoughts on CFC survivors eating eggs? I eat no meat or milk products, and I have probably 50% raw vegan diet. But I do keep productive pet chickens, and our family love eggs. Loves eggs. I was told two weeks to Two weeks would be fine, but would be best to eat egg whites only. Of course, don't want to eat any if they increase CFC risk or produce inflammation. Well, okay, 50% raw vegan means I think that's normal. That's what the normal person eats, isn't it? I mean, salads? I Maybe not. I guess the normal person eats 5% raw, right? They eat, uh, isn't it... uh, the uh, piece of iceberg on their uh, McDonald's and uh, things like that. Yeah. Where they have what's called a mixed green salad at the, at the restaurant at Denny's. And what is it? It's uh, ridiculous. Well, that's good. If you're eating that, if you're eating that. Um, But right now it sounds like you're at the point in your life where you got to do everything a hundred percent to make sure you're going to be able to enjoy the rest of your life. Your natural life. So now eating eggs, no, not not going to hurt you. I mean, you know, um, and but you don't just eat the white; you would eat the yolk, of course, too. Now, the best way to eat eggs actually is raw. You just tap open the top, tap open the bottom, and just suck it. And it's actually uh, not bad. I mean, I did that as a kid. My grandfather did it, uh, and I liked them. They were really, really good, and. Um, but you won't. So the next best way is either uh, to poach them or um, uh, or hard, you know, hard boil or soft boil. Yeah, don't fry. But you don't need them, and uh, I mean, you don't need them for protein because you're going to get. I mean, you know, elephants don't need eggs, right? rhinoceroses don't need eggs horses don't need eggs and they're pretty strong they're long-lived and they can run for a long time all day long so you don't need it if you were saying you want it okay probably of all the non-vegan things is probably the safest if it's you know you know the chickens but again you don't need it um so it's up to you and, and how you and so if you're going to eat it soft poached or hard boiled Okay, there's no other way. You can't eat it any other way. And I'm glad you have pet chickens. Those are nice. Um, Cherie, I had an MRI on my pelvic area, and my doctor said I have a cyst on my ovary with a mass. He said it looks to be CFCs. I'm waiting for the oncologist to call me. What should I do? 
there's no history in this family. This is my family, okay? That, that's that's a matter. I mean, if there's history or not, because it's not it's not genetic. Uh, when the oncologist calls, don't answer the phone. And um, if he keeps calling, you just raise pick up the phone and tell him you're going to report him for harassment. Um, if the oncologist is going to call you, what is he going to tell you or she? I've got a better question for you. If you're looking for a car and you go to a, if you go to a Toyota dealer, what kind of car are they going to sell you? Or what are they going to tell you? Same thing. Okay. Now, it looks like a cyst. Or it is a cyst and, it, and he thought there was a mass attached to it. All right. So, there are simple blood tests you can do. But the, what the uh, oncologist is going to do is want to go and do a biopsy. Cut it out and all that sort of thing. Um, if it is a cyst, um, you know, we've got to look at your hormones. We've got to look. I mean, everything. There's so many things we have to do, Cherie. Uh, is it Sherry or Cherie? Uh, anyway, um, don't talk to the oncologist. Don't get them to give you a diagnosis. You don't want it. It's, that's casting a spell. You just, you literally don't want that. You don't want that. Believe me. Please believe me, okay? You don't want a diagnosis. What you want to do is you got a cyst. It could easily be a parasite. Um, but it's also ovarian, potentially ovarian CFC, so it's, you got to take it seriously. I get that. I 100% get that. So let's do this. Um, again, don't speak to the oncologist. Um, I don't know. My gosh. You know, if I could talk to you, I could help you out. Uh, you could go to my clinic in, in, in Arizona, an oasis of healing. Uh, call me, get, get in touch with me. Um, but yeah, you don't want them poking it. You don't want anything. Okay. It could be ovarian. It has to. Yeah. Um, how do we resolve this, Cherie? Um, um, write me on, what are you on? Are you on Facebook or uh, Instagram or whatever? Write me and uh, let uh, and then let's see if we can deal with this. Um, and then also, um, I know I don't get to all of those all the time, but uh, or, or, or send it to my email, hello at drlody.com. That's not my email, but it'll get to me. And just with the question, how do you move forward? Okay, now, um, there was a question here about someone asked what happened to Steve Jobs. Because we all know that Steve Jobs was what doing raw, was he doing raw vegan for a while and stuff. But it turns out that um, he finally uh, gave in, I guess, to the pressure to do conventional. He did both. Uh, 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 radiation, radio, radiotherapy, and he also did chemotherapy. And then he passed away. So I don't know what happened with him. Um, I, I don't know. And I don't know if he was, he, I, I don't know what he did. So I, it's hard for me to say what happened to Steve Jobs, but it, it, you know, don't, don't think he only did uh, uh, in, in, in integrative oncology. Uh, 
Okay, so here's a, a confusion from a cis. Cis, too many stem cells cause tumors. No, no, no. Stem cells from the tumors, they're called cancer stem cells or CFC stem cells. They're specific. They're not normal stem cells. Um, what do you think of black seed oil? Amazing. You mean um, um, black cumin seed oil? Amazing. Tastes like gasoline, but it's amazing. Do you treat kids? Sadly, I can't because in the United States, if you treat kids, uh, uh, they take the kid away from the, the child, away from the mother. And that, that I, I, I can't. They call it child neglect or, or whatever it is. How to treat parasite, protozoa, and tamoeba? Okay. Metronidazole or flagellate. Excuse me. Metronidazole is good. Tinidazole is excellent. Um, and then another one is Alinea, which is also called nidazoxanize. But yeah, that's how to treat it. I would use tinidazole. But it's a cousin of metronidazole. 100 milligrams three times a day. Yeah, for a long time. But if you got that, you might have other ones. All that. So do the whole regimen that we talk about for the worms and for the protozoa. Um, anybody else? Yeah, you're right. I agree. Yeah, no eggs, no dairy, no meat. And when we say meat, what we mean is uh, animal corpse. And animals swim, fly, crawl, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the parasite zoom is going to be coming up. We're going to, we're going to, that's what I want to find out if everybody thinks we should do it sooner before, uh, or before or after the holidays, should I quit, uh, 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 Herceptin and, um, Zolodex? You absolutely can, but you've got to make sure that you're getting lots of, um, you know, all, all the you've got to be doing all the other stuff. You can't just quit them and not do these help these things that these therapies and, and, and lifestyle changes. You can't. Uh, frequency machines is absolutely if you have a real frequency with the zap to parasites, you got to Yeah, they work really good if you know their frequency. Uh, so if you don't know it, you can sweep between. Uh, um, you know, you know what they what they think are the frequencies uh, for most parasites, and you can sweep back and forth. But if you know the exact if you know the exact frequency, you, you get rid of them quickly. Three minutes. All right, you guys, it's over for today, and I apologize for the early part. I just couldn't. I mean, restream anyway. So what do you cap? And uh, uh, namaste, namaskar, aloha. Have a fantastic week. Just don't remember out there the answer is no, 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 and then run in your house. Okay, guys, no, no, no. I know that should be, yeah, it used to be when I was in the old world. Yes, 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 yes is a good answer. Yes, let's do it. Yes, let's do it. You got a little kid, don't teach him to say no. Teach him to say yes, yes, yes. But right now we're dealing with complete mad freaks 
evil, evil. Well, we need a new word. They're beyond evil freaks out there. So uh, they're going to come up with a new thing. They already did. There's something from China. Uh, and the answer is no, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't. You don't want anything under your skin. No. All right. Aloha. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Lodi Podcast. Join Dr. Lodi's membership community at drlodi.com, where you will have exclusive access to Dr. Lodi's cancer healing and wellness webinars, a community of health-minded people, healthy lifestyle recommendations, educational videos, and discounts on courses and content. While you're there, RSVP for upcoming events and register for the Stop Making Cancer online course. If you enjoyed listening, please share and write a review.